0: Listener supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM 820 brings you Alive for More, a dialogue with Catholic young adults produced by AM 820 to encourage and inspire the universal call to holiness. And now, Alive for More.
1: Welcome back to Alive for More. My name is Father Nick Ventor and I'm joined in the studio by Jenna Zins, Kelly Yarmish and Trisha Casson. We're going to talk about something you may have heard on the radio station before, Eucharistic adoration, you know, personal devotions, this sort of thing. The, you know, you hear in the advertisements all these chapels around the Diocese of Columbus, and we're just going to talk about what are we even advertising here? What is this all about? But before we begin on that, Kelly, could you open us, open us up in prayer?
2: Sure. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Amen. Jesus, um, our beloved God. We welcome you into this conversation. We welcome you in a deeper way into our hearts. We ask, Lord, that you would be the king of our lives, the king of our time, the king of our interests, that we would center our lives more deeply and more perfectly around you. Please help this conversation to bear fruit so that we can glorify your name, become your disciples. We ask this through the intercession of our Lady, as we pray: Hail Mary,
0: full of Christ grace; the Lord is with thee. Blessed, blessed art thou among women, and, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, womb Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mother, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen.
2: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you so much, Kelly. And I, I think just highlighting, we Jesus Christ is the center of our lives, and you know, as as Christians, as Catholics, as disciples of Christ. You know, Jesus really becomes our focus and the way in the church that we know that he is the center of our lives is talking about the Eucharist, the Mm -hmm. source and summit of our faith in the Eucharist, in the bread and wine that is offered on the altar. And after the consecration, it really does become the body, blood, soul and divinity of Jesus Christ. We believe that the Eucharist is God Mm -hmm. is, you know, that is the center of our lives. Mm -hmm. So, you know, all this conversation centers around that. And, you know, then you hear these things about Eucharistic adoration. I know this has had a major part in my own conversion, you know, in my own life about what how important this is. I mean, as a priest, the Eucharist is the center of all my activity. Mm-hmm. Like, my life mm-hmm. is planned around the Mass. When I have Mass, then other things come after or before that. So, but, you know... I know that kind of got really serious, but you know, it's just, <laughs> <You should. laughs> it's its just, this is how important this is kind of framing this conversation. So Eucharistic Adoration, you know, is it just sitting there staring at something that doesn't do anything? What is Eucharistic Adoration? And I'm just going to toss it open as a conversation yeah. starter.
0: I, you know, uh, just going back to Christ's true presence in the Eucharist, um, I kind of have a funny story. I was recently at mass with a seven year old who's not being raised Catholic in, um, you know, people were receiving communion and he asked me what, we were doing and I said oh you know just kind of answered the question without thinking oh they're receiving the body and blood of Christ and he looked at me with big eyes and said you gotta be kidding me <laughs> oh, wow. you know like and it is it's a hard teaching oh, pure yeah. seven-year-old you know we tell him we're ha- eating the body and blood of Christ yeah you gotta be kidding me you know how to how can we explain this and it is a really hard teaching and when we read about it in the Bible um, Christ's disciples did walk away you know, cause mm-hmm. they couldn't accept this teaching. Um, but he didn't like run after them because it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, like Christ is truly present in the Eucharist. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you father can like take 30 seconds to explain it in a way that can help us understand. So,
1: um, you know, defining adoration here. Adoration means to give praise, honor, and glory to something. And adoration is something that is due to God alone. Nothing else in this universe can be adored in the sense that we're using it. Only God can be adored because he alone is good. He alone is true. He alone, you know, is God. And so in, in this sense, when we have Eucharistic adoration, we are worshiping you know, the Eucharist. And I am not afraid to say that. So many Mm -hmm. people think, oh, you're worshiping a cookie. No, No, we are worshiping God. That is God here present in our midst who is who has come to feed us and nourish us, you know, who is still with us until the end of the age. So adoration is that time of presenting ourselves before the Father. In simplistic terms, it's getting a suntan an S-O-N oh no saying. I've never heard that joke before I heard it and I never oh, forgot it God. because it was, oh, it was you'll so funny you'll use it for the rest Bad. of your life yes I will it's always pull that joke. out it yeah, it's a <laughs> joke <perfect>. it's perfect it's <laughs> <laughs> father Nick what? Ventura yes, exactly. <laughs> it is a dad joke dad joke I
0: think on a practical level, so like what is Eucharistic, I mean, Father did a great job answering it on a theological level in a philosophical Mm -hmm. way, but, um, on a practical level, what is Eucharistic adoration? I think most normally it's, Mm -hmm. um, you walk into like a small chapel in the church Mm -hmm. and, um, if it's like during the day or at a church that's advertised that you have 24 hours of Eucharistic adoration. And the Eucharist, so Christ present in Eucharist, is held in a monstrance. And so some people listening might not know what a monstrance is. Do either of you girls want to describe? It's a beautiful gold frame on a stand. I mean, that's yeah. mm-hmm. on yeah. a practical level if
2: we're being really just cut and dry. That's it. I mean, it's got a window in the middle mm-hmm. so that you can see the host or the consecrated Eucharist that is God mm-hmm. looking like bread. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually well i think we should also say that some ch- churches have offer they have a, a eucharistic chapel where you know maybe it's a side chapel or even in the church where you can go in and you can pray and the eucharist might be in a, a tabernacle mm-hmm. which is a box right so, it's where we that's s- saint matthew it's a round
3: it's a round. Wow. orb yeah. <laughs> it's an orb sputnik um, uh.
2: and that's 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 good too um it's, but the difference
1: with eucharistic adoration is that it is the Lord exposed. Yes, <laughs> it is, yes. he is exposed. He's not just sitting it's in face the tabernacle. It's face-to-face interaction. So right. it's
2: face-to-face prayer. Yeah. Um, even though, again, the face of God is under the appearance of bread. Mm-hmm. That's what adoration is. It's quality time, face to face with God. You're in the same room as your Lord and your God.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's not the same as, say, liturgical prayer. You know, when we do adoration, it's not the same as like going to mass or there's no structure to it. So when you walk in to this small chapel, as uh, you know, Trisha was describing, there's not other things going on. There might be other people in there praying quietly, being in the presence. A lot of times with you know the twenty four eucharistic adoration, there's actually a schedule of people because one of the rules is with eucharistic adoration, if the Lord is exposed, there always has to be someone there physically present adoring mm-hmm. the lord even though he has millions upon millions of angels and saints adoring him you know in every tabernacle of the world at the same time you know it is significant to have someone physically present mm-hmm. so which is why if the chapel is ever empty if you arrive stick around um you mm-hmm. know to see if someone else arrives don't ever leave the eucharist in, on its on a, own
0: um on a sensual like way uh, Eucharistic adoration might be underwhelming for somebody Mm -hmm. you walk in and there's um, I mean there can be music if it's like an event you know Mm -hmm. but I would say for the majority of the time Eucharistic adoration is silent
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: you know the only thing to look at is Christ in in his throne and the monstrance Um, so it's it's uh, It can be challenging for people who are starting out in their prayer life. Oh, for sure. I think to make a Eucharistic holy hour, to sit in silence with our Lord for an hour. And just because something's hard doesn't mean it's not good. Or obviously. enjoyable.
1: But, you know, we've kind of defined uh, in, a, in a good way about what mm-hmm. is Eucharistic adoration, but I would like to talk about what it is in our lives, what role it has played in our own personal faith journeys. But before we do that... Remember, you're listening to Alive for More on Saint Gabriel Catholic Radio. My name is Father Nick Ventura, and I'm joined in the studio by Tricia Casson, Kelly Yarmish, and Jenna Zins. We can be heard on Saturdays at 7 a.m., Sundays at 3:30 p.m., or online on demand at stgabrielradio.com. And we're talking about Eucharistic adoration and that you know that personal prayer life. And we've kind of really defined what Eucharistic adoration is. It is the adoring of the Eucharistic species, the bread, you know, the appearance of bread, the host in a monstrance in a small chapel that is quiet but it's not liturgical prayer it's not like going to mass so having kind of done that quick 30 second summary i know in my own personal life eucharistic adoration has had a huge role in my own conversion and my own like discernment of whether or not to be a priest in fact i remember i attended a a mass out at saint paul's and someone was there from who was from saint michael's and he had noticed i'd been going to daily mass a lot and he had asked me hey You're a college student. You probably stay up late. We need somebody to come in at 2.30 in the morning to be with the Lord. And I was, you know, I was 19 at the time. and Had
2: nothing scheduled. Had nothing scheduled. I mean,
1: I wasn't sleeping. Uh, Anyways, so, you know... Going to Worthington for you, I mean, it, it was something I look forward to every Tuesday night at you know two thirty. Get up. I would take some books with me. Go there. I mean, and the thing is, it was it was a personal invitation, mm-hmm. you know, of going to see. The, and it was so cool because it was usually just me mm-hmm. by myself and the Lord. It was just like this time to just be, be
2: still and know that He is God. Yeah, yeah.
1: and it was it was hard. Being the first time I did it by myself for an hour, like silent, and I didn't bring any books with me. Like you can bring, you can bring like religious spiritual reading, reading, Mm -hmm. rosaries, but I just remember sitting there going, "What do I do?" (laughs) Only
3: ten minutes have passed, (laughs) only, and it feels
1: like (laughs) ten hours already. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) so like, what do I? And I, and but then it started going that that time of silence.
2: Yes,
3: that
1: time, and not just like absence of sound. It wasn't like an absence of activity. There was something going on, but I didn't have to do anything mm-hmm. for it. It was something that was working on my heart. And I just remember being there going, okay, this is a... And in fact, I noticed the difference in my temperament mm-hmm. oh, yeah. whenever I'd miss. I'd have to get a sub because, you know, finals or I was out mm-hmm. of town on vacation or something like that. And I would notice I'm... In fact, even as a priest, I don't always have an opportunity to do Eucharistic adoration with the monstrous exposed, most because Mm -hmm. it's a lot involved and stuff like that. And I remember whenever I do have an opportunity to do it, I'm like, I remember why I love this. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just my own personal Mm -hmm. testimony towards that. I mean, would you guys like to... I mean, I think it's good to hear different perspectives. Does anybody have anything different or a different experience?
3: Sure. I know... So, I work at St. Matthew, the Catholic Church in Gahanna, Ohio, um, and we've got a chapel that was constructed and designed specifically for this to have a 24 hour Eucharistic Adoration Chapel um, and as you were talking Father it's like so I have a weekly holy hour in the afternoon where I can pray for the work that I do and the people I encounter but let's just be real it usually ends up being personal mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway um, and then I share an overnight hour with other people because I'll be honest that was really hard for me to do every week so mm-hmm. I just got some help. Um, mm-hmm. And I, when I think about, okay, like it is, it's really, really good for me to go. And even the days when I'm like, well, did I say anything? Was I praying? I mean, there's, and just to be super frank with everybody, I mean, I've fallen asleep before. You know, uh, do you know what I mean? I like, have
1: like, to. I've had, to. Yeah. I've taken the best naps while but in the Christian Federation, unfortunately, I hate, them, yeah. I hate to admit. No, but the really, naps. there's
3: just moments sometimes where it's like, uh, and sometimes on my overnight one, I'll be driving to the church and I'll say in prayer to the Lord, I'm like, well, you know what you got me into, so just be prepared. <laughs> yeah. and I, I'm like, going to you know, do my best, but exactly, I can't promise I'm going to be exactly. totally conscious. I offer this prayer of like, <laughs> yeah. just make sure the next person's car headlights wake me up that's all i'm asking (laughs) (laughs) but all that to say that there's still a pattern that i keep those hours and i go back because i think what it teaches me is to surrender to let jesus be jesus in my life and so for these moments when i have to or i guess when i choose to go pray even when i feel all over the place or i feel stupid or you know there's moments when I walk away like did I waste that time what was I you know did I was I even cognizant of who the Lord what you know was there an awareness with me it doesn't matter because it's building a habit where I walk in and I have even just an hour to say like Lord you are who you are and in that moment I place no expectations on you other than trusting that you will love me and I can do that for an hour a week and some days it's fruitful or at least I can see and know and recognize the fruit and other days I feel just totally off my rocker, <laughs> but I but I keep the pattern because it's been such a good place for me to just let Jesus be Jesus.
1: I think that's a beautiful way to look at letting, cog, uh, consciously choosing to let God be God. Yeah. You know, saying, I don't have to be in charge here.
2: For an hour, I will get out of your way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For an hour, I'm going to just sit here with you.
2: Or at least try.
1: Or at least try exactly. to.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: It was one time when I did fall asleep and I had the Bible with me and I, I was, you know, I just, okay, oh, I'll just read the Gospel of John. Yeah. And then it got to the point, could you not stay awake an hour <laughs> with me? Like no. it it's what it fell open to. I was like,
0: I guess oh, not. I Sorry. guess not. <laughs>
1: Oops.
3: The answer is no. Check no. back in five years. <laughs> I will continue to try.
1: <laughs> so, Kelly, do you have, what's well, your own personal counter? Well, I was
2: thinking about, um, I think it was over this past summer. It had been a very long time. and I can't don't ask me to define that less than a year but but the kind of long that feels long no matter how long it actually is um and I remember I went home I'm from Cleveland so I went home to visit my parents to attend a baptism actually and the way things just kept ending up with my kids nap schedules Mm. is I ended up getting a ton of time to myself Mm. and I was like
1: you don't get that a lot it as was a mom. Weird.
2: Yeah, it was great. Um, and so I got to think straight, which was mm-hmm. cool yeah. and different. And um, <laughs> and in the car, I was just, and I, and I didn't have the radio on or anything like that because I just, my my three-year-old doesn't usually stop talking for more than about mm, ever. <laughs> and yeah. so, so I was just like, it's quiet in the car. And I got to like think and just, yeah. you know, and I was cognizant of the lack of adoration in my life. And I was wow. like Wow. And and I don't want to say like I heard God speaking to me because I didn't. Yeah. But but it was I I came to feel that it had been wearing on me mm-hmm. that I hadn't been in a long time. And then you guys, I kid you not, I proceeded to not go until October. Yeah. I mean, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is the human li- yeah. Yeah, but yeah. but and I I actually it was that I finally I went and met with father shock who's the pastor mm-hmm. at my parish um christ the king um for spiritual direction and he was asking me about my prayer life i was like it's not great mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah but it's not what it could be and i said i've i've known that the lord has been waiting for me in adoration you know i've been cognizant of that mm-hmm. i mean that's always true mm-hmm. but i've been aware of that since the summer and i for this still have particular moment
3: of deliverance or whatever yeah
2: and, and he was like Okay, so, like, start doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I needed somebody to say that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed somebody to be like, yeah, I mean, that is obviously, like, God's
1: calling will for you. you. God yeah. is calling you. Yeah. And I
2: knew that because, like, God is objectively always calling us to come visit him. Right. My goodness. You know, it, in that personal way of, of Eucharistic adoration, everybody, you know, God would love to see you show up. He's waiting for you. You know, he's expecting you, in a sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A- and it's been, you know, so it's really only been a few weeks, honestly, that I've been... Starting to actually show up, mm-hmm. and um, and it's been a relief. Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard because it's after my kids go to bed, which is when I just want to like shut my brain off. Yeah, yep. mm-hmm. but I I'm I'm starting to go back, and it's it's good. Yeah.
1: No, and and yeah. and Jen and Kelly, I just kind of like the emphasis of choice. These are you know, Eucharistic adoration is not like having to go to Sunday mass. Right. It's not something that you know. Um, is by pain of sin, as we say right, in church right. terms, to go to Eucharistic adoration. This is a free choice. But then we start to see how critical it is in our lives to have that personal relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, there, There's something to say about, you know, faithful mass attendance on Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation. But then there's that dimension of my own personal encounter with the living God. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's just such a rich gift in the church.
2: How great can this relationship be? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's, it's, I mean, I, and I just wanted to, you know, encourage both those like personal testimonies Mm -hmm. on that, that it is a choice and it is not something that, so like if you're listening going, Oh shoot, do I need to go to Eucharistic Adoration? First answer is yes, you do. (laughs) Second Um, answer is no. No. Yeah. Second answer (laughs) is you don't have to go. But much like we don't have to run to be healthy or we don't have to exercise to be, well, to to be uh, happy. For survival.
2: But, yeah. But we promise that you won't regret it.
1: Yeah, exactly. We so,
2: promise that it will yeah. bear fruit even if you don't recognize it.
1: So, I mean, I think that's beautiful. But now we just have one last person to talk about, like her own personal encounter <laughs> with the gaseration, Trisha Kassin.
0: Um. Wow. Yeah, so my personal... Um, experiences with Eucharistic Adoration. The first, I didn't, I I was raised Catholic, going to Mass every Sunday, went to Catholic school, had no idea what Eucharistic oh, Adoration same. was. Same. <laughs> yeah. I know. You know, so if you're out there and you've never heard those words, I think it's kind of normal. You're not weird. Yeah, for, <laughs> for whatever reason, you know, it's, Eucharistic Adoration isn't taught in theology class or isn't, you know, talked about at the kitchen table yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I didn't know what it was, you know, until high school. I think the first time I was introduced to it was in high school. Um, I went to a retreat, a youth retreat. So the first time, my first experience with Eucharistic Adoration was very emotional. There were a million candles, a bunch Mm -hmm. of kids my age. Yeah, you know, um, beautiful music, guitar music, music. and I, yeah, so my first experience with Christ in the Eucharist was one of great emotion, um, was one, a gift of grace in the sense that I really believed that in mm-hmm. Christ's presence yeah. in the Eucharist at that moment. Um, and so I think my relationship with Christ in Eucharistic adoration started out really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a little bit like romantic, you know, I was, oh. I was a high school girl. Uh, I found myself wanting to see him more in in the Eucharist and spend more time with him. Um, I went to a very Catholic college, Franciscan University, and there is a 24-hour Eucharistic Chapel um, on campus. And I had, for whatever, I had a sense of like what a privilege that is mm-hmm. that I was able to like literally be, you know, 100 feet from Christ um, At while all times, I was studying it's chemistry. A tiny <laughs> campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not the very big campus. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And so in college, there was, you know, a lot of music and times with Christ that was very emotive again. And then also that's the first time I developed having a overnight holy hour. Mm -hmm. Um, And so since then, because I'm a young single woman, I have been able to maintain a middle of the night holy hour. So it's probably been um, 12 years that I've had um, an hour with Jesus in the middle of the night. And I'm about once to get married you, once a week. Okay. Um, I'm about to get married and move out of the city. And, you know, and that reality might end soon. Yeah. And um, I think now just reflecting on like this relationship I have had and this quietness I've have had with Christ for the last 12 years. um, It's almost, you know, in marriage prep, we've like went to retreats and talks and they talk about a period of disillusionment that you will experience with your spouse. And that is just like when you don't, feel like being around each other and you don't like each other and communication is really hard. And, you know,
1: (laughs) not if that happens. happens.
0: And so they kind of talked about these, like to these young couples who are so in love and thinking, oh, that's never going to happen to us. Like, you know, I just can't wait to marry him. Um, The reality that it might happen or, you know, and when it does, don't be scared. And I think that Eucharistic adoration for me um, started out really emotional and, And to be honest, yeah, kind of like Jenna said, it's not always like that. And Mm. the majority of the time it's not, it's, it's underwhelming. It's low key. It's low key. It's, um, I'm falling asleep. I'm Mm -hmm. distracted. Um, and I just, and I had talked to somebody about this a couple years ago or years ago and you know, they, they just said, well, Christ loves you in your humanness and Christ loves us in our humanity. Um, and yeah, so to summarize my relationship or what Eucharistic adoration has meant to me. I think it's just a reminder that Christ is always there. He's human. Um, That it's a relationship just like any other relationship. And you go through periods where like you are just like, oh, like it's romantic. You know, Mm -hmm. Christ, I want to be with you. I... I understand you in the Eucharist. I, you're speaking to me like right. Like once every four months, I'll be like, I yeah. could pray all
3: day, and then yeah. literally the next day, I'm like, I got, I'm, I'm I, I can't, can't I can't pray all day. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I can't yeah. pray all day. I can't pray for two minutes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, well,
3: and I love what you said too, Trisha. Like. I think we can put the burden on ourselves. So I wasn't good at praying. Well, guess what? Jesus was still Jesus.
0: Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and he yes. was there
3: and he was doing exactly what he is doing and loving you and transforming you, whether you feel perfect or not.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we as young adults have a gift of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like Jenna and I aren't married. We don't have yeah. kids. Um, so we can spend m- time with Christ and Eucharist, whereas like we have to look at our lives and the reality of like what Christ is calling us to. And is Christ calling everyone to a holy hour out of themselves in the middle of the night? No, no. You know, because Kelly has two kids that she can't leave. So I think it's just asking Christ, like, what can I do for you? Or when do you want me to be with you? But um, I think Eucharist Adoration gives one a sense of hope. You know, Christ mm-hmm. is giving me hope in the Eucharist. When you're married, I don't know if you guys know this phenomenon, but it seems like married couples end up looking like each other. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, the kids, <laughs> and then the kids look like both parents, and then it's like they're all, and I'm like, yes. Everyone looks the same. <laughs> I feel like a lot of like married couples look alike and yeah. um, end up acting alike. and um, So I just kind of have gone into Eucharistic Adoration, that sense of like, Lord, I want to look like you. Mm. So even mm-hmm. if I am so distracted, I'm going to be here with you because... I want to look like you. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I want my heart to be like yours. Um, yeah, and yeah. I don't know.
1: And I, think, I, I mean, there are different periods in our lives where we have more time for Eucharistic adoration mm-hmm. or, you know, more opportunities for that. Like, you know, you just said, you know, when you're getting married here soon, you're going to be moving out of the city and, you know, where you are may not have regular... Mm-hmm instances of eucharistic adoration and so you know but really the time that we are given to do it you know it's training us to recognize christ where we know he is so that when we get out into the world we can recognize christ where it is not readily apparent Mm -hmm. where we can you know when we see in the face of see the face of christ in the eucharist we can then see the face of christ in you know in the moments that we're in. So like, you know, Kelly, you talk about, you know, I don't have as much time as I would like, but the thing is you've had a background, you've had time with the Lord that now you can look and say, all right, where are you here?
0: Oh, yeah. Where is
1: that, you know, that personal encounter? Christ is I'm a in?
0: shelter in the storm. I mean, mm-hmm. all the time Eucharistic adoration feels like a shelter in the storm, mm-hmm. but the reality is Christ is in the storm too, Yep, you yeah. know? And uh, yeah,
1: it's all that sort of stuff. I mean, it, it, and and I think that's what we've been kind of circling around is that it's, It's important, but then it's meant for something else, you know, all that stuff. There is a
2: priest who is a part of my life when I lived in uh, the Archdiocese of Cincinnati for a few years. And he brought to our attention often the phrase order our days, Mm -hmm. um, which I think Mm -hmm. comes from one of the Eucharistic prayers, because that's now where I hear it. Mm -hmm. Because I, you know, he's not really around because he's in another city. Um, But, you know, that's a really good prayer for any day, any time. Lord order my day. You know, let mm-hmm. my priorities be your priorities. Is kind of what that means.
1: Or and, rather, let your priorities be my priorities. Oh, that is what I meant. <laughs> <Yeah>. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um
2: yeah, you know, let let's let's get on the same page. Your mm-hmm. page, you know. Um and I think if that is your prayer, if you're asking the Lord to put your day in order with his priorities, you know, instead of, you know, a disordered day is is not what God wants for us. Mm-hmm. Order my day. Order my days. God is going to bring you those opportunities that you need to grow in relationship with him. If that's adoration, praise the Lord. You know, if mm-hmm. if it's being up with your baby in the middle of the mm-hmm. night, praise the Lord, you know. Mm-hmm. But, it's
1: yeah. the Lord is in every moment. And I think one of the things we're emphasizing here is that the Lord can be present. It's just we were talking about in a particular way where we can train ourselves to recognize him in our personal lives. Unfortunately, That's all the time we have to talk, but we could talk about this forever. So we're just going to close in quick prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As 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 it was was in the the beginning, beginning, is is now, and ever shall be, world without without end. end. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. This is Alive for More. Join us next time, Saturdays at 7, Sundays at 3.30, and we'll see you next time. God bless. Bye-bye.
0: Alive for More is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Alive for More and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com.